welcome to Without the Footnotes, not your typical Holocaust lecture, with me, your host, Estherini. On this week's episode, I'll be taking a look at the Nazi party. Hi friends, and welcome to the third episode of Without the Footnotes, Not Your Typical Holocaust Lecture. And wow, what a difference a week can make. Trump hasn't secured a second term, and also the biggest turnout in voting history for the states. And the POC community managed to quite literally swing the election in favour of the Democrats. And I've just... I mean, it just says it all, really. Uh, Probably quite a stressful week for a lot of people. Um, 2020 was still really 2020 about it and took us right down to the wire, but it's happened. And I'm not going to get into it too much, but I do want to say a couple of things. Uh, Firstly, that I've thoroughly enjoyed all the content that has been created around the election and I can't get enough of it but I think above all my favorite has been I think it's Trump's spiritual advisor trying to summon angels from Africa and South America you know the one that goes um the angels are coming from Africa the angels are coming from Africa and I just want to say that whatever she did summon worked because those angels came and stood by their people and helped them swing the election away from the devil. So there you go. Um, Secondly, I was a bit disappointed um, to see a tweet from Samantha Powell, who is an academic and previous ambassador um, for the US uh, to the UN. And she actually wrote a a really quite famous book called A Problem from Hell, America and the Age of Genocide, which explores the United States understanding of and response to response to and the the inaction um, towards genocides that have occurred in the 20th century, um, ranging from the Armenian genocide to ethnic cleansings and the Kosovan War and I read that book at uni and it was quite revered well it is quite revered but she tweeted something like Trump's gone all Robert Mugabe and I just think no <laughs> um especially especially now like and considering what's happened with this new civil rights movement that's happening we really have to own this as our own I mean America has to own this and center the person that should be centered in this narrative, which is a white American man. And he needs to be exactly in the middle of the shit show that he's caused. And, and we have to acknowledge Western democracy as is, which is Trump at the moment. And we shouldn't try to reduce it to some kind of behavior that would, that would only apparently happen in Africa. No, this happened in the West in one of the most powerful countries on the planet and he was democratically elected and had to be democratically um, voted out of office. So yeah, those are just my two things I wanted to say about it, but I'm happy that probably the most stressful week for a lot of my friends is over and hopeful that we're moving towards a brighter future for the land of the free. But yeah, anyway, I will stop rambling now. This week, I'm going to take a look at the Nazi party and just go over kind of what they stood for and their rise to power. 
Um, so let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to get straight into it. So the National Socialist German Workers' Party, or the Nazi Party, which is much easier to say, was a radical far-right political party that was led by Adolf Hitler, as I I would just assume that everybody knows, um, was ideologically nationalist, anti-democratic, racist, anti-Semitic, and anti-Marxist. So... Post-World War I, Germany was somewhat in turmoil. Um, Through the peace treaty known as the Treaty of Versailles, Germany lost a lot of territory, had to pay huge reparations and was held completely responsible for the war. And this had an effect on the morale of the country. Um, The monarchy had actually been overthrown and a democratic government was put in place, known as the Weimar Republic. And... This didn't sit well with people at all. So at this time, you saw a rise in far-right groups um, that started to spring up across the country and that would actually blame Jewish people for the defeat of the war and oppose the new republic that had been established and the conditions of the peace treaty. So the National Socialists, so um, that would become known as the Nazi party, wanted to unify members of the German folk or people in complete obedience to the state. And basically they wanted to create a strong government that would lead what they perceived as the master race in the struggle against perceived inferior races, um, especially the Jews. And at this time, Hitler also viewed... Jewish people as responsible for Germany's feet during World War One. So he actually went in 1919, um, he went to one of the meetings of the future Nazi party and he quickly got noticed because of how he spoke on particular issues. I mean, we've all seen the speeches that he gave when he was actually... Um, the leader of Germany and that's what actually got him noticed in the first place um, within the party when it was still um, well when it when it wasn't the party that we we saw um, from 1933 on onwards so he gets noticed in in the party and he makes a plan on how um, this party will actually create a Nazi state and society And within this plan, it demanded the unification of all people of German blood and the acquisition of land and colonies, which would then deny the citizenship and rights of non-Germans and in particular Jewish people. So he's he's joined the party, he's made this plan. And in 1921, Hitler actually becomes the leader of the now Nazi party. And he managed to grow support for the party with um, influential people within the military, business, um, society. And he actually um, mobilised the absorption of other right-wing groups and created the paramilitary group known as the Stormtroops, the SA, who were actually veterans from World War I. So in 1923... 
um, the Nazi party actually tried to seize power in Munich um, by coup, but failed. And this resulted in the German authorities actually banning the Nazi party. And this is when Hitler was sentenced to five years in prison, where he infamously wrote Mein Kampf, My Struggle. And this is where he outlined how he was going to create a racially pure state and destroy the ultimate enemy, which in his eyes were the Jewish people. So although Hitler was sentenced to five years for trying to overthrow the the democratic government at the time, he was released after eight months for good behaviour. I'm not sure what that actually means, if that means just sitting and writing a book. Um, But after this, he then decided to um, take a different approach and with the party seize power through democratic means rather than trying to actually overthrow the government. And he he then decided to re-establish the party under his complete control and created branches across Germany. So within Germany, there are different states, um, I guess kind of like America, and through like establishing establishing like branches of the party in in each of these states across the country he used a a top-down command structure which meant that officials in all these different states were appointed not elected by people and they were also only answerable to him as the leader of the party so that's how he started his like network of rule um so in 1928 there were elections but the party didn't actually gain that much attention at all. Um, uh, They received a very, very low percentage of votes. But it was after the economic collapse in Germany, um, known as the Depression in 1929, that there was actually a sharp rise in support. And in 1930, they became the second largest, largest party within the German government. And now in Germany, at this time, there was a government and also the president of the country. So um, so the party would would have still been answerable to the president. And by 1932, 33, after two elections, the Nazi party actually became a large enough presence within the government that they could form a coalition government. So it's not that they got the majority vote from the people they just got themselves into a uh, into a position um not through any kind of nice means either like um hitler was very much using the sa to intimidate and rally and and find support for and eliminate opponents and and find support for his party so um Yeah, they were a large enough presence in government that they could form a coalition. Um, But what Hitler actually did was he refused to form one unless he was appointed chancellor by the president, which he was in 1933. And this was actually key to him being able to gain the power that he did, because once he was appointed chancellor, he was then he then moved very quickly to bring the government under complete Nazi control, even though a coalition had been formed. And this was actually achieved when a state of emergency had to be declared because there was a fire um, actually in the Reichstag. So the equivalent of Westminster, there was a fire there. 
and the government actually abolished all civil liberties and took over all the individual state governments within Germany. So after this, there were more elections. So together with the coalition, the Nazi party just about won a majority again. So very, very marginal. And this was through a lot of intimidation by the SA. And this enabled an act to be an act to be passed that meant Hitler and the party could now dictate law without the approval from the government or president. So you can kind of begin to see how the steps before all start to have a knock-on effect. So the fact that there, a system has been put in place for top-down um, top rule within the Nazi party across Germany, then um, Hitler moving to make himself chancellor for in order for there to be a coalition government. And then um, the civil liberties being taken away because of the fire in the Reichstag. And then the party winning a coalition and using in intimidation to ensure that the party could dictate law without approval from other people within the government. So what happens next is that the Nazi party actually abolish all other political parties within Germany and declare Germany a one-party state. So now that has happened, um, Hitler basically has complete control. So the government, legal and educational institutions were all purged of Jewish people and suspected political opponents. So workers, employers, writers, artists, they all came under the control of Nazi organisations and and also including sports and leisure activities too. So you can really start to see how this becomes really, how the Nazi party really infiltrated like all aspects of German social, like public life. And so all of this fell under Nazi control. And I think at the time it was only the military and churches that escaped this. So after all of this, has happened the only real threat to control that the nazi party then had at this time was the sa the the group that the paramilitary group that had been created to kind of um help the party gain power within the country and um the public very much disapproved of the violence and, and intimidation that the the sa had been use, using over the years um, that helped the Nazis rise to power. So to ensure support for the party, like from the people, um, Hitler Hitler was also advised to tame the group um, so as to avoid like some kind of like military coup. Um, so yeah, so, so what actually happened was... Um, Hitler did what he does best and he ordered a purge. So in June of 1934, around 150 to 200 prominent SA members were actually murdered. And I, I'm, I'm sure it's called the Night of the Long Knives. And this is how the SS actually emerged as an independent Nazi organisation led by Heinrich Himmler. So now that the purge of the SA has happened, there is no threat to Hitler's rule. So... The last, the last kind of key thing that happens is in August of that same year, so August of 1934, after this um, purge of the SA, 
the German president dies. So it means that now absolutely nobody really stands in Hitler's way. And he declares himself the absolute ruler of the German people. So it's from this point onwards that Nazi propaganda becomes inescapable in Germany. And by that, I mean, the Nazi party actually now dominates um, press, film, radio, public spaces. So, for example, portraits or statues of Hitler start to appear everywhere. Um, every city and town renamed a street or a public space in honour of him. Um, in public, Germans are now expected to say Heil Hitler. So that's where that actually comes from. So it's to make people conform to the leadership, even though, as I said earlier, like the majority of Germans didn't actually vote for this party or vote them into power. And this propaganda or this tool is utilised also within the school system, so within school curriculum. So even children are going to school and learning to praise Hitler's leadership. And it's because of this top-down leadership structure that I've also mentioned earlier that has been utilised across the country or set up across the country that there are now leaders in place now that the Nazis have full control of the government on every level. So not only regional, but trickling down into local leadership. And this actually helps ensure conformity of the general public to Nazi standards. So even if people maybe didn't even take much notice of, of the Nazi party, suddenly they're, or they didn't vote for them, suddenly the government is completely dominating their lives and whether you whether you like it or not, you're going to be exposed to the ideology. So Hitler really was coming at it from all angles to ensure that he had complete dominance and so did his views, not only in the government, but in public within public life. And this is when we see that everybody who was considered Aryan, so people deemed to have pure German blood, um, this is where we see that they were expected to participate in organisations that were run by the Nazi party. So I won't list them all, but I think the most infamous example is the Hitler Youth. So children of a certain age were expected to participate in these kind of youth clubs. So it's it's in ensuring the understanding of an ideology and a faithfulness to a leader from a very young age and this actually makes it easier for for the Nazi party to implement their um their policies and and their views for Germany and what they want to do so if we go back to what I said earlier of the Nazi party wanting to ensure that the master race or the Aryans take precedence over perceived or inferior races and they, but at the same time, they want to unify all German people. They're very much now doing that in the way that they've implemented their governance of the German people. So I think it's really important to understand this kind of totalitarian control that Hitler and the Nazi party thrust upon the German people. Because the majority didn't actually support the party. They only just got enough votes to form a coalition government, which then, because of certain things that happened, meant that Hitler was able to completely overthrow the government and create a one-party state. 
So if we understand that and then how they're implementing ideology by complete dominance of the public sphere, we understand how the party is then ultimately able to take steps towards committing genocide against the Jewish people through the implementation of ideology and the control of public life. So I'm not going to go into everything that the Nazi party actually did during their rule because over the next um, the next episodes, that will actually get explained through taking a deeper look at how the how the Holocaust happened. So, But what we do know is that the Nazi party remained in power until Germany's surrender to the Allies in 1945. So there you have it. That's the brief overview of the Nazi party and their rise to power and kind of like a dip into the ideology and how it was implemented. And... Yeah, that's that for for the main part of the show. Now, um, if you do want to know more, like more in depth about it, because that is a very, I mean, it's it's much more complicated than that. But that's just like a, a, a starting point. You can go to, I would recommend to go to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. They have a whole encyclopedia and it's actually really easy to read articles on specific um on specific subjects so you can go there and anything that sparks your interest in what I've said today so if you're like okay so what's totalitarianism you can go to their website and um, look that up in their encyclopedia and they'll give you a more in-depth explanation of it so yeah that would be my call to action for this week would be to check out their website and encyclopedia that can be really helpful Um, and for in the news today so my friend actually reminded me last week that Kristallnacht actually is today the 9th of November so it's the 82nd anniversary of Kristallnacht where um, Jewish Jewish homes, businesses and synagogues were attacked across Germany and Austria and I think part of then Czechoslovakia where um, oh cemeteries were also targeted and shops were looted and it marked also the first instance where the Nazi regime incarcerated Jewish people because of their ethnicity so actually around 30,000 men in total were arrested so this night 80 82 years ago and sent to concentration camps so that included Dachau, Buchenwald, Sachsenhausen and other camps and this was in response to the assassination of a German official and they don't actually know who did it questionable who did it and what the motivation was but the regime blamed the Jews and for this um yeah the November pogrom as it's known or Kristallnacht um yeah there was a retaliation against Jews across the countries that I mentioned and it's from this point actually that many anti-Jewish laws were enacted and the community had a atonement tax imposed on them of one billion right marks oh, I can't really say that word and aside from those who died which is not anywhere near the numbers that we see in the holocaust but people definitely lost their lives um during this pogrom and 
those men that were actually released were released on the condition that they actually leave Germany. So this was in 1938. So this is a whole year before the beginning of World War II. And this is one of the reasons why I define, define the Holocaust as including the time period before the war, because we can clearly see an ex, an concrete example of how the Nazi party was othering and persecuting Jewish people. So if we go back to the 10, um, the 10 stages of genocide, this all contributes to the end point, which is systematic extermination. So as I said last week, there were two phases of extermination, but all of these policies and, and these, um, these events that happen, so this particular night that happened, all contribute towards, um, all contribute towards actually moving towards extermination. So yeah, that's why I would always include the pre-war years of the Nazi regime, especially as I've explained in this episode, how important the ideology was to the party and implemented in implementing that ideology. Yeah, so that's in the news. So I really would, um, I don't have a recommended reading for today because really um, there is, there's just so much that I could suggest, but I don't, I, I haven't really come across anything that I've really thoroughly enjoyed taking a look at. So my recommended reading would actually just to be, to go onto the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum website and look at their encyclopedia if you're interested in anything to do with the Nazi party. And also to look at look at today especially what is in the news about the anniversary of Kristallnacht and how are people commemorating it and you can read more in depth of what happened for those people who live in Berlin it was especially bad here in Berlin and actually across the city you can um find memorials or or you you can probably walk past places that were affected during this night so it's a really present history still today and um yeah, I would recommend just taking a look at that and and just finding out more because it really was quite, I would say, a turning point for the Nazi party and like um, perpetrated violence across different countries towards Jewish people. So, yeah, that's it for today. Um, I think it's been actually a pretty good episode. I've surprisingly, I'm not always so into political ideologies or political science per se um but I've enjoyed <laughs> explaining the Nazi party and their ideology to you today and with that I think now I'll go and roast some chicken and just chill out and I'll see you next time ciao